welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International here in Lee Summit. Uh, my name's Ryan. I'm one of the uh, pastors on the ministry team here at Journey with Pastor Christian. Uh, this Sunday, we continued uh, our series, Jesus People. A message was titled Freedom. What a great, yeah. what a great message. Yeah. Uh, our Bible text is in Matthew 12. Uh, if you're listening, hopefully you've had a chance to listen to the message. If not, please go back. You can find it on YouTube, one of our different platforms, um, the JCI app. We would love for you to check it out. Share it with someone that you uh, you want to help. Even this resource, we would love for you to share this Activate podcast because we we believe and hope it'll help some yeah. other people. So please do so. And of course, I don't always understand the rating system, but if you would rate it, I know that would help us as well. Rate it high. Yeah, rate I, it I high. Think, I, I think that's the most yeah, important, I think that's part important of the rating system. I hope Gabe, you're, you're behind the camera. We, do we want a five? Yeah. Is, that the, is that the rating? Yeah, I think a five We'd is like good, a five, right? please. A Google yes. recommendation. Uh, hopefully yes. you're enjoying it. And again, we always ask for uh, recommendations, yep. thing, questions you want us to Just answer. Just helps people who are searching for spiritual content maybe find what we're doing. Yes. Yep. So I know you take some time talking. People are bringing people, right? And, yeah. and a lot of lot of decisions for Jesus are being made. And, yeah. you know, we say we don't always know what that is right. in that person's heart. We hope it's sincere, but 517 people have indicated they've made a, a spiritual decision. Yeah, it sure, does, it sure does look like a step forward spiritually to us in the moment, whether that's a, uh, whether that's a step closer to one day becoming a follower of Jesus, whether that is the final step of becoming a follower of Jesus, whether that's the first step, whether somebody a long time ago repented in their heart and, and had a seed planted, but never re- really began living for Jesus, whether they're coming back to Jesus. Yeah, all, all we know is people are acknowledging to us that something happened during one of our ministry environments that made their heart open to Jesus and say, I, I, want, I want to lean in. And man, I'm so proud of our people. Um, churches, churches don't reach people. Yeah. Christians do. And we have a lot of Christians at our church and followers of Jesus who, who are inviting their friends in this season to see a new building, to see Slugger, to see some incredible guests yeah. with incredible stories. It's, it was an unbelievable first three months of the year, and we're really excited about April. And I'm excited about this series. Not only are, are we wrapping up this kind of 16-week series called Jesus People, but we're in this little subset called Revealed for Rest. And Jesus is very specifically talking to tired, weary, burdened, burnt-out people and saying, I can help you. Yeah. And we're, we're in a very kind of practical sermon series saying... Hey, here's some ideas Jesus has for rest. And the thing I love about this message is it has some real practical tips for freedom. Like, hey, here's some here's some practical things we learn about how Satan wants to steal your freedom, and then some great theological truth about yes. freedom. Yeah, and then you know, as you talked about people making decisions, I still remember when I made mine, and yeah. and and but it was in May of 1997, and I think every single Sunday there was just something deeper driven into my For heart. Sure. So I, For I sure. can understand the person that 517, it may have been a person raised three Sundays <laughs> in a course. row, because you're like... I remember I, all my spiritual decisions, yeah, and they all brought me a step closer to where I needed to be, and some of them were giant leaps back because I had regressed yeah. in a season of my faith. And I was grateful for preachers and teachers and ministries 
that would present the way back and say, man, like, come on back. Let's, let's commit, let's recommit. Um, let's start all over or let's start again. Yeah. I think we're totally comfortable if 500 of those are recommitments, but I'm serious now. Oh, of course. I'm serious now. We, we would love that. Of course. So you start your message talking about William Wallace and Scotland, <laughs> yeah, Scotland freedom. in 2022. Yep. Can you share with our audience really kind of our global mission strategy uh, over the next 25 years of church planning, global partners, total village transformation? Yeah, so we've got a 25-year vision plan that I guess now is about 23 years because we're a couple right. years into that, to be supporting a local church on every populated continent in the globe so that we can have a touch. Jesus said, go throughout all the worlds. We're like, okay, there's seven continents. Unless we're reaching penguins on Antarctica, we're, we're going to stay in the six. We'll uh, sing Grassi yeah, there. Yeah, they really have a lot of people. Uh, and, and we are just now beginning to connect with a missions church planting partner in Europe. So we've, we've, we've been to Africa, we've done ministry there, we've been to India, done ministry there, we've got our ministry partner in Israel, we've got people in Central America, we're talking to people in South America right now. But we've, we've been waiting for God to open a door to a, a very specific church planting missions organization on the continent of Europe. And the church that helped plant us, Westridge Church out of Dallas, Georgia, Northwest Atlanta, has connected to and is digging in deep in the strategy of planting churches that will plant churches in Scotland. They've been several years now, and they are ready to roll out their strategy, and our church is one of many that have been invited to be engaged in the strategy of helping start churches in Scotland that eventually will plant more churches. Scotland has some of the richest church history in in the Protestant in, in Protestant church history, yet it is one of the least churched countries, and it is indeed the capital of witchcraft in all of Europe. It's as if Christianity had a great, great window of revival in Scotland that passed, and there's a group now that wants to bring it back to life, starting with the colleges and the college campuses around Scotland and digging in. So, uh, we'll be on a trip with about eight other pastors uh, meeting with church leaders and Christian leaders and ministry leaders from across the country of Scotland saying, here's how you can engage. And the cool thing is, if we're going to be there in 2022, probably our church will take our first mission trip in 2023 or 2024, and we'll be looking for college kids that might be willing to study abroad for a semester or for a year in Scotland as we go help serve the people of Scotland who need Jesus so they can become disciples who make disciples as a part of a church plant that's going to plant new churches. Really, really excited about the ministry there. Uh, And of course, as a, yeah, as a, as a Braveheart fan, excited about the, uh, the tower uh, that stands above where William Wallace fought his final battle and they believe holds a sword that he used uh, in those battles. So yeah, pretty, pretty, it'll be a really, I think, inspirational and deeply challenging trip. And it'll be cool to, to look backwards once we have some ministry done yeah. there and go, wow, look, look how yes. that's worked. Yes. So one of the statements you made after referencing the Pharisees, right? You talk about their rejection of Jesus from your message. So, and you say this, you say, some of you are standing outside of the kingdom, yeah. not because you don't want in, but because you can't be in charge of who is received in and who is not. Yeah. It's really a 
a convicting, although all, at the same time it's convicting because we've all done some of that, but it's also right. you get mad because you know there are some people like that. So what do people have to do if they have that mentality? They have to trust Jesus. They have to trust Jesus and the heart of God. And so they they have to trust Jesus and the heart of God and at the same time know they are not the Savior and they don't have the mind of God. So the, the Pharisees deeply wanted to be in the kingdom of God and they wanted everyone else to be in the kingdom of God. So when Jesus showed up and said, here's the way in, but it's my way, not your way, instead of saying, thank you for the clarification, they decided to get in a spiritual arm wrestling match of, no, like, we want, we want to make the rules because we think we love God and we really think a lot of ourselves and we think we know whose hearts should be in the kingdom and whose hearts should not be in the kingdom. And it's not that they weren't good people. It's not that they weren't pursuing God, but they were unwilling to surrender to Jesus' way of life. So Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. They refused to trust that. One, because they had to acknowledge that they were sinful. And there are, there are some people, especially in our culture right now, we have people who are willing to say, I am sinful, but who are unwilling to point at other people that Jesus calls sinful and say, and, and they are too, because they're like, who am I to judge? Well, you're no one to judge. However, you know what the judge says? He's asked you to pass on that information. So you're not judging, but to know the judge and to not say what he says. Remember, we, we talked about the word confess in this message. So John says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The word confess spiritually means to say the same thing about your sin as God. If we confess, yes, I'm a sinner, and yes, they're a sinner, and we have to surrender our sin and submit our spirits and humble ourselves to be a part of God's kingdom, um, Jesus says, like, that, that is the entryway. And the Pharisees were unwilling to do that. Jesus said, you've got to, you got to be better than you to get into the kingdom. And the kingdom's here. So you can do it my way or your way. And they stayed outside. And Jesus would often refer to them as being people who were outside the kingdom. Uh, and eventually he said, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, which was a, uh, you know, a, a metaphor of, of an eternal destination and eternal damnation without God. But he said, you're choosing to stay out there. Cause I, like I told you, I showed you the way I invited you on the way. I asked you to do it my way. And you said, no, thank you. And I think there are a lot of people in 2022 who say, I, um, if I get to choose who's in the kingdom of God, I'll come in. But if, but if I can't let everyone in that I want in, I'm not coming in either. There's no, no doubt every Christian knows somebody like that. Um, and, and I think the Pharisees were, were part of that. They wanted in, but they, they wanted to set the rules for everyone else too. And they were willing to stand outside if they weren't allowed. Yeah. And as you said, it's a matter of trusting Jesus, trusting his, his purpose and his plan and his way, which is, which is truth. Yeah. And his knowledge. I mean, it's, it's knowing he knows things about us and things about others that we don't. 
And we just have to, we have to trust his, we have to trust his judgment of them, his offer of forgiveness towards them, his offer of cleansing and purity towards it. Like we have to trust what Jesus will do in their life if, if they trust themselves to Jesus. So I think part of it is we trust God and we're humble enough to know we're not God like the, those those would be two of the like primary foundational requirements of entering the kingdom of God and care enough about someone to enter a relationship with them to slowly point them to Jesus right um and that's and it takes time right you talk about blaspheme against the spirit you mm-hmm. spent some time unpacking that mm-hmm. and it's often misunderstood sure for the person who stumbled in uh, maybe stumbled onto this podcast and thinks you know um uh, They've rejected God for too long, and now God can't love them or forgive them. That's maybe their heart mentality. What would you mm-hmm. What would you say to them? I would say God has offered to forgive the entire world, but His offer is based on their acknowledgement that they are sinful, that Jesus was the perfect Savior, that He died for their sins, and if they will trust Him with their to forgive their sin and to secure salvation. That is the way God forgives people. The author of Hebrews says it's not that God chooses not to forgive you, but if you reject the way he forgives, there's no other way to be forgiven. So it's not that God is unforgiving, but he has provided one way to forgive, and if you go about it any other way, you won't be forgiven. So, you know, some, some people think to blaspheme the Holy Spirit or the unpardonable sin is 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 to commit suicide. I, I heard that for years growing up, that if you kill yourself, you can't go to heaven. That's the unpardonable sin, which we, um, that, that, is not a, that is not a biblical principle that stands up. Um, other people say, like, if you blaspheme God, if you, if you will curse God, remember Job's friends and Job's wife said, just curse God and die. Years ago when I was in student ministry, there was the blasphemy challenge where you would record yourself blaspheming God so that he would condemn you to hell. Well, the Apostle Paul said, I used to be a blasphemer, and I was forgiven of that. So it's not really, it's not blaspheming God. It's not speaking against Jesus. It's not even rejecting God at points in your life. Blaspheming the work of the Holy Spirit is saying, here's the way God provided for you to get into heaven. You trust Jesus and you follow Jesus. To blaspheme the work of the Holy Spirit is to say, no, I'm going to do it another way or I'm going to reject that fully. And the author of Hebrews says that that leaves no room for forgiveness. It's not that that can't be forgiven, but you are rejecting the only way that forgiveness is offered. And as even we talked about it in the message, it is once you know all of the facts and you understand this is the only way you can receive salvation— if after that you say, well, then I don't want it, then there's no other way to be forgiven. So that that's what it really means to blaspheme yeah. the Holy Spirit. It means to fully understand this is the only way that God has for you to receive forgiveness and for you to say, I don't want that. I, I reject what God is offering me. I reject the power that His Holy Spirit has given me to be close to Him the scripture would say, and I think the author of Hebrews says it so other way, so well. Then there is no other. Then there is no other other way. It's not that God's unwilling to forgive you, but this is the way He forgives. And if you say no, then there's no there's no other way left. And I think for the the 
student who just got out of college, perhaps, who who taught that there's either multiple ways or they have even blasphemed God. They have rejected sure. their faith they grew up with. They've rejected. There is still an opportunity for them to turn their heart back to always, Jesus. Always, always. Yeah, and that, and always. I think, and I think some people might think, oh, God could never welcome me back. If he welcomed the Apostle Paul, who says, I was ignorant, I was a blasphemer, I was violent, but when God got a hold of his heart and knocked him on his butt, he had nowhere to look but up. When Jonah ran directly against the call of God and the will of God and then tried to take his life, God said, let me give you another chance. And we we could go on and on and on. Um, yeah, fa- like spiritual failure is not final until you just refuse to ever come to God the way He provides for you to come to Him. Yeah. So in this week's reflection questions, each week for those who are listening, there's always questions to take yeah. home to to have some further time in God's Word and to ask probing questions from the message. So this week. Really, Wednesday through Friday, you focused um, about spiritual freedom and how it can be hindered, right? Uh, sometimes by relational problems, divisions right. in your life, or activities. So, right. you ask some really good questions in order to address those things. What What do you suggest people do this week and in the weeks to come as they read and look over those questions? Yeah, so the, those are real good questions. the The practical side of Jesus kind of summarizing: here's how Satan works. He like here's how he keeps you from freedom, division tied up in stuff, scattered with with all kinds of different things going on. If you were to ask me where I see these most um, prevalent in the church and how you could be aware of where Satan could be working to rob you of your freedom, obviously the the political landscape and the COVID landscape just breeds division, division, division. And there are a lot of people who, because they they jumped into that argument, they had to and have to now. They had to choose. They feel like they still have to choose, or now they have to defend their choice. And really, they have no, they have no spiritual freedom because they are, they are living in a world of relational division. And, and we see this happen in relationships. We see this happen at work. We see this happen on teams. We see this happen in school. I think we need to look at the things that tie us up. That's one of the questions. What are the things that constantly keep you tied up so you can't get strong spiritually? So, well, what would make you strong spiritually? We often use that little grid, depart daily, withdraw weekly, quiet quarterly, abandon annually. What's keeping you from spending time with God every day? What's tying up all your time? So you can't spend 20 minutes in the Word and prayer. What's tying up every week to the point that you cannot get to church on Sunday? What's tying up your Sunday morning? so you can't get to church? What's tying up the evening that your small group is meeting that you can't get there? What What's the stuff that's got your schedule so tied up that you can't get strong spiritually? And what are, what's the thing that just keeps scattering your heart and your thoughts and your emotions? For, for me, years and years and years ago, it was social media and the news feed on my phone. It wasn't even that I was looking at it, but every time it dinged, it scattered my attention from what I needed to be focused on. I think if you can answer those questions... Where are you living where there's just constant division? Step out. What are you doing that has you tied up? Like, break free of those things. What what keeps interrupting your spirit? 
turn it off. Just turn off the notifications for a little bit because I think you can experience spiritual freedom if you'll recognize and run from division or you, or you deal with it. If you work very, very hard to untie the knots that are keeping your life so tied up that you can't develop spiritual strength. And if you're willing to turn off the things that just scatter your attention from the things that are most important. I believe if you will intentionally focus on those things for 90 days, you can experience more spiritual freedom because Jesus just in some, I mean, he's just given a little metaphor how Satan works, gave us some real practical advice of, um, Hey, like here's, here's how this works. Be aware of this. Yeah. Some great resources. If you will take these each week and and look at the scripture and spend time, you will move. You'll, it'll activate your faith even more. So thank you for, for making those each week. You touch base about your series in October. Yeah. Uh, how can I know that I'm really a Christian? And I yeah. know we've got a special guest coming to yeah. to really kind of kick that off, maybe in late September, I think. Yep. Uh, people from all kinds of backgrounds are coming to Journey. Right. I'm meeting them every week. Oh, sure. They've got all kinds of backgrounds. Yep. So can you talk about how important this series will be for our people? So the Apostle John writes five New Testament books. The Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And he says in John, I believe it's John twenty thirty one. I wrote this book so that you might believe, believe that yeah. Jesus is the Son of God and by believing have life in his name. So the gospel, John says, I wrote the Gospel of John so you can become a Christian. He then wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. And he would almost always say, here's why I wrote my books. In 1st John, he would literally say, I wrote this book so you can know the assurance that you have of your salvation. John is writing to the second generation of Christians who are questioning, am I really a Christian or not? How can I know? Like, how can I know? How can I be more assured that I'm really saved? And he gives five beautiful chapters of these are some things in your life and in your spirit and in your routine and in your character that can, like, these would be birthmarks of real Christianity. And in October, we're going to be looking at those together because we've got a guest coming in September uh, by the name of Adrian Dupre doing a message I've asked him to do called Four Chairs, where he really challenges people to figure out, like, are you really a Christian or you did you, do you just say that you're a Christian? And I believe we're going to have a lot of people after that who desperately, more than anything, want to be all in with Jesus. And they're going to say, how do I make sure I don't get back there where every year I'm questioning, am I all in or not? So I think that'll be a great series for helping our people connect and know how to really go all in with Jesus. It's going to be good, isn't it, Mason? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's a good yeah, one. It's going to be incredible. Yeah, I can't wait. So the fourth discipleship track, right, leadership track, yep. talk about how you can multiply your faith, disciple someone. We always ask this question, what from this message would you want our audience to share with someone? Yeah, so discipleship is movement. I mean, that that's one of, like, discipleship is forward movement in your relationship with Jesus. I think the easiest way, if I'm discipling somebody, is to take those three questions and have people answer. Where's division in your life you need to handle? What's got you tied up in your schedule so you cannot be faithful to spiritual calisthenics, the spiritual disciplines that you guys talked about in our men's and ladies Bible study last night? And what are the things that continue to interrupt and scatter your spiritual attention? Answer those questions and do something about them, and you'll have movement spiritually. You've probably been in meetings or conversations with someone where their phone is up, and you can see they must have gotten 50 notifications (laughs) in 30 minutes. I'm like, how do you focus at all 
on work and or your spiritual anything. life. Yep. Anything. So that that would be a simple thing. I, I don't. I have very few notifications on my phone yep. for that very reason. Yep. Thank you, Pastor Christian, for yeah. your insight today. We want to invite you to Easter services are coming soon. Yep. Um, of course, Palm Sunday is the tenth, and then uh, we've got services on Friday at six thirty, Saturday at five p.m., and then three of them on Easter Sunday, kind of a sunrise service, 7 a.m., 8.30, and 10.30. So we'd love to have you come and be a part of one of those. Thank you for listening. Love for you to come and be a part of uh, one of our services anytime, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. If you have a question or something you uh, we can do for you, email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. Uh, as always, we, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.